United States, Mother's Day comes around on the second Sunday of May every year. For some of us, it is a time to celebrate the person who brought us into this world, or maybe someone who played a special role in our lives. For others, it's a day of reflection and remembrance, and some people choose not to celebrate it at all, and that's okay too. No matter what, there's a spotlight on mother figures, and there's often a push to find something that our mothers would love for a gift. It can be hard to know what your mom will want on this special day, but there's one thing that mothers do not want, and that is to lose their child. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In this episode, we're going to talk about the disappearance of Marjorie West, a four-year-old girl who tragically vanished from a picnic while her family was celebrating Mother's Day. This case was a media sensation that led to a lot of wild theories, some unexpected finds, and quite a few rumors. As a content creator, I generally try to make sure that my content is fairly intentional. In marketing, you want your content to have that right place, right time feel. And generally, I'm pretty good about that. So you can imagine my surprise when I looked up the date for Mother's Day and realized that it was, in fact, this week. So yeah, I'm pretty good at my job. But to all of you mama bears and mom type figures out there who are educating and leading the people in your lives, I just want to say happy Mother's Day. Unfortunately, now I'm going to make you very sad, so I'm a little sorry about that. On May 8th, 1938, Marjorie West was four years old. Most of the reports relate her and her angelic appearance to Shirley Temple, and when you look at a picture of her, it's pretty easy to see why. Like any little human her age, Marjorie had pinchable cheeks that would make any cherim jealous. Pair this with little ringlets, and you've got one seriously cute little kid. On the day in question, Marjorie's family was celebrating with other family friends. After they went to church dressed in their Sunday best, they went out on a picnic to celebrate Mother's Day with the family. While the festivities were going on, Marjorie was having all kinds of little kid fun. Her older sister, Dorothy, who was 11 at the time, took her to pick flowers in the field. The flowers were meant to be a gift for their mother on her special day. To understand how this case impacted the community, we have to talk a little bit about 1938. Back in 1938, people still had a lot of trust in their environment. They didn't worry so much about whether their kids were safe or anything else. As long as they were pretty close, they figured their kids would be just fine. At the time, tensions were high in other areas. People were worried about the state of the world, not about their own neighborhoods. World War II was poised to start, so that feeling of home was hitting a little bit harder. Communities were kind of tightening up and leaning on one another. Notably, 1938 was the year that War of the Worlds played on the radio and sent everyone into a giant panic. People in the streets see it now. They're running toward the East River, thousands of People really just weren't prepared for tragedy. These were different times, times where people were focused on family and improving their neighborhoods. 
It was not the kind of time where you had to worry about little girls disappearing from the local woods. At that time, Marjorie's mother didn't have to worry about letting her kids play. At least that's what she believed. But when Dorothy walked off to ask her mom a question and left little Marjorie behind, the tone of the day changed very suddenly. When they returned, assuming that they would find her playing among the flowers, or, you know, among the dirt and trees, Marjorie was nowhere to be seen. Instead, all they found was a little pile of flowers sitting on a nearby rock. If the image of a tiny bundle of flowers sitting abandoned on a rock isn't enough to break you, Marjorie's family and police actually have a very sad theory about how she went missing. At the sweet age of four, Marjorie had recently taken on an interest in her new favorite game, hide-and-seek. Police believe that Marjorie might have decided to play hide-and-seek, ultimately leading her to get lost or taken by someone. She went hiding, and no one ever found her. I have to admit that this fact got me more than anything else about this story. Just the idea of a kid that young playfully hiding and disappearing because of it is just horrible. It's just very sad. It's a, it's a movie image. But it happened. Marjorie's disappearance received so much attention that it's still being spoken about 82 years later. And not just by me. Every once in a while, someone new decides to touch on this case because it still doesn't make any sense. From the moment that the police were informed about her disappearance, everything changed. Thousands of people joined the efforts to search for Marjorie. They worked in groups, moving hand-in-hand through the forest in hopes of finding any sign of her. When she first disappeared, people believed that she just wandered off. She was a child that was left unattended in the forest. It wouldn't be strange if she walked off and got a little lost. At four years old, Marjorie was hardly prepared to walk around this kind of space alone and could easily have gotten turned around. The search continued with people walking through streams and checking behind every tree. Soon, the sun was setting and the tone of the search was changing for the worse. A chill swept in and rain began to fall, but... That didn't stop the search. People kept going. Hunters, oilmen, and neighbors alike continued to trudge through the forest with headlamps and flashlights in hopes of finding a cold, soaked little girl. In what I believe is the truest example of the neighborhood rallying, the Guardian actually reported that local women were making coffee in wash boilers, which are giant devices used to wash laundry. So if you can look past the whole drinking coffee from a machine designed for sweaty clothes thing, you have to admit that it's a shiny example of people coming together to support the search. It was the most efficient way to make a lot of coffee, so they did it. When that didn't work, police called in the hounds and worked with a canine unit to scour the forest, hoping to uncover any sign of her. The cops didn't find her, but they certainly mark a turning point in the case because of what they did find. During their search, the canine unit led police to a cabin in the woods. I'll pause here to let your nerves settle. Okay, let's do this. As we all know from scary movies, a cabin in the woods is never a good sign. And 
This cabin came with an added creep factor. The cabin that police found had its door nailed shut. Now, there are many reasons that I would not be a cop, but at the top of the list is without a doubt the fact that I would not push the issue past this point. The moment that I brought in bloodhounds and they led me to an abandoned cabin with its doors nailed shut, I would take the dogs, I would go home, and I would load some salt into a shotgun like Sam and Dean Winchester. A cabin with that description isn't just a cabin where a serial killer is living. It is a cabin where a serial killer's ghost is living, and I would just want absolutely no part of that. So, if I even looked at that cabin, I would just assume I was cursed for life. It'd be over for me. But the cops were not like me. Instead, they checked out the creepy cabin, and they found nothing of interest, and worse, no sign of Marjorie. After the dogs led police to the murder cabin, they guided them down to the road, and... It was kind of all downhill from there. The prevailing theory for Marjorie's disappearance is that she was kidnapped. Police and some of her relatives believe that Marjorie either made it to the road or someone took her and dragged her there. In fact, some witnesses even reported seeing a crying girl that matched Marjorie's description in the backseat of a car with a strange man. The only problem was that they didn't know what car and interviewing motorists in the area didn't help them with any useful leads. They thought that they found the person, but that person had an explanation for the kid in their car, so ultimately the lead was dropped. Police do assume that she was taken into a car at the road, but no one knows what happened for sure. Surprisingly, some of her relatives still think that Marjorie is out there. She would be 86 years old today. If there's something that I always find sad and heartwarming about missing persons cases, it's the hope that family and friends carry when someone disappears. The truth is that Marjorie was so young when she vanished that she could easily be alive and not even know who she is. For all we know, someone plucked Marjorie up and decided to raise her. You can't say a lot of good things about the kind of person who would just take a child, but her family isn't wrong. Marjorie could have grown up under a completely different name for all we know. In fact, there might be some evidence to support this theory. In 1938, times were simpler. People didn't worry much about their neighbors, and that made them really easy targets. At the point where Marjorie disappeared, we were actually seeing an increase in child kidnappings. Some people even believe that kidnapping was a blooming business, and yes, it is actually much worse than it sounds. Back in 1938, it wasn't unheard of for kids to disappear and a ransom note to show up. Criminals were making money on it, but that wasn't even the worst part. The criminals that were kidnapping children weren't just doing it for a quick buck. Some of them were doing it professionally because the orphan business was booming. During these years, police became aware of the fact that children were being kidnapped to be adopted out for money. When I read this, I have to admit that I was just transported directly into a Disney movie. (laughs) If that isn't the most real-life Disney villain thing that I've ever heard, I just, I don't know what is. The fact that 
this was a successful practice is mind-blowing to me, but it really did work. Millions of dollars were made by adopting out stolen kids. Some of them were kidnapped, some of them were taken from impoverished parents unknowingly. It was just an entire business of scooping up kids and then selling them, basically. (laughs) And as horrible as this might be, I personally did find some comfort in the idea that Marjorie could have actually been raised by a loving family and not a crazed kidnapper. When a little girl disappears in the woods, it's pretty easy to assume the worst very quickly. While we would have all loved for Marjorie to be found with some friendly pets seeking out their family, like the ending of Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, an amazing movie, real life isn't always that sweet. A lot of people assume that Marjorie wasn't just kidnapped. They think that she was murdered. Murder is a highly possible outcome anytime that someone is kidnapped. Murdering someone is generally a good way to do away with the evidence, but the problem was that there's just no way to prove it. Marjorie was never found and there were virtually no traces of her anywhere. So with nothing to go on, you can't really conclusively say that she was killed. But even though they didn't find Marjorie, they did find something that worried them. And that was a hole. During the search, the search party found a freshly dug hole. For obvious reasons, finding this kind of thing during a search for a small child is definitely not a good sign. But this strange hole actually had nothing to do with Marjorie. Instead, police learned that some local men were using the hole to hide wine. Admittedly, I don't know the story here. When I learned this fact, I assumed that it was a prohibition thing, but since the prohibition ended in 1933, I'm really not sure. Maybe they just didn't want to share it with their wives, but... If you are good at history and can make sense of the strange practice of burying wine in the ground, please tell me. Also, if you know of any woodland hiding spots where people are stashing their wine, Draw me the coordinates, too. You know, for the show, of course. Moving on, in the last episode, we talked about the disappearance of Edward Adams and Michael Stefan. You might remember that a wild man was accused of kidnapping or murdering the kids, and some people think that the very same person snatched Marjorie up all those years later. To add merit to this story, it is important to share that the area did have a man whose family described him as mentally unbalanced. When the two boys disappeared, this man disappeared too. But he showed up a week later and didn't know anything about the boys, and nothing else was ever proven, so... Personally, I still think that the wild man theory is a little weak, but that doesn't make it wrong. For all we know, the Pennsylvania woods are hiding a guy who liked to snatch kids whenever he caught him alone. Over the last several decades, new theories have emerged to explain away Marjorie's disappearance. 
outside of the true crime space, police believed that she might have been taken off by a bear or hurt by an animal. Given the lack of a body, there's no real way to prove or disprove this theory. But like we discussed in the last episode, there are definitely plenty of things that could have gotten at a child that small. Another interesting theory was that Marjorie might have fallen down a hole. Apparently, there were a lot of holes that were dug up for the local oil work, which theoretically Marjorie could have fallen into. It seems like a fair risk for someone small and uncoordinated, so I don't think we should rule that option out at all. But some people believe that something else might have happened to Marjorie, like an accident gone wrong. In online spaces, a lot of people support the idea that Marjorie might have gotten hit by a car and someone took her away to cover it up. And finally, since I've now overlooked this obvious theory too many times in my episodes and my producer won't let me live it down, we must also consider the potential that Sasquatch played a role in this. While he does normally keep to himself, he might have decided that he wanted a daughter for his own. So I'm going to need someone to get started on the research for that documentary immediately, and we can move forward from there. Unfortunately, Marjorie was never found, but her family never lost hope that she might be out there and still alive. For the family, this proved to be one unfortunate holiday that they would never forget. But there is still hope. To all of the mothers in the audience, I hope that you enjoy your day of celebration and spend some good time with your families. To all of the dog moms in the audience, Don't worry, my dog didn't get me a gift either. Maybe next year. And as always, if you have any interesting theories about the case or want access to my growing collection of sassy true crime posts, feel free to check out the show's profiles on Twitter and Instagram with the tag at datpod. And if you want access to ad-free episodes of the show, feel free to become a patron at patreon.com slash like and inscribe. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 